You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M and today let's recap number one recruiting class Texas A&M comes out on top. What does this mean for the program? What does this mean in the SEC? And more importantly, what does this mean for 2022? This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by NetSuite. Make sure you check out all the great deals at NetSuite. It is the number one cloud financial system in the world, powered to help your growth. Head on over to NetSuite.com and use the promo code LOCKEDONNCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system to helping you grow your business. As always, my name is Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, at Mr. Cole Thompson. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I love public feedback. So anything you can do to make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things related content on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. And thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Subscribe to the channel right down below. Well, we have a lot to discuss today as I'm on my third cup and it's barely even 7 a.m. But here we go. Texas A&M gets the number one recruiting class on 24-7 sports as of right now on SI All-American. They are number two, but the second that they do get either a Denver Harris, a uh, Shamar Stewart, a, um, um, uh, I'm blanking on the safety's name, uh, um, uh, Harold Perkins, the linebacker. Once they get one of those three names added to the list, I've been told by the people at SI All-American, they will be bumped up into the number one spot, and it looks like they they were able to gain a grand total of 26 players thus far. Uh, they're looking at adding a few more in the coming days. Uh, Jimbo Fisher did talk about that there were a few other names that they were going to add, which is so monumental to the program, not including, of course, the guys who are going in the preferred walk-on. AM was able to land four premier prospects at the very beginning. All five-star talent. Uh, Gabriel Brownlow did uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy. Uh, Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, who still has that sign. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we also have Connor Wangman and Walter Nolan. I mean, what do you else do you want to say? I mean, absolute dominant force. This is a day that will go down in history for Texas A&M fans everywhere. And it's not because of the fact that this is a monumental class. A&M has had good classes in the past underneath Jimbo Fisher. Nobody's going to complain about a class that ranks inside the top 10. Top 10 is really good. But number one... Not only do you solidify your needs, you also solidify what you have and what you can build on for the future. That's something that I don't think enough people are looking at. When you have a number one class, you're basically saying, we went and got top-tier players. Top-tier players, we got players that we think that could be great depth pieces. And on top of that, we got players who maybe will only take a few handful of snaps throughout the next four years. They don't care. They want to be here because of what we're building. That's the difference between number one and number two and number five and number eight and number 14 and number 17 classes. When you're like a number 17 class, the guys that you're bringing in, you're hopeful that they can contribute on day one, all of them. Like right away, you want them to be involved. You want them to be a part of the system. When it's a small class, 10, 14 players, you want them to all be brought in and immediately come and make your team better than what it was. 
But when you add 26, and when you add a grand total of, I think it's like 19 four stars, four four, uh, four five stars on SI99's list, it's like 11 total players. They don't do four or five stars. They just do the top 100 players. They have like ele- they have right now 11 potentially. They can get up to 15 of the uh, SI99's top players. What you're saying is that we don't expect all of these players to contribute right away. And that's not believable. I don't think anybody out there would say for one second, oh yeah, we're going to believe that we can get all of these players to play right away. But what you're saying is we players that if you come and play for us, not only will you have a chance to win titles, not only will you have a chance to play at one of the biggest stadiums in the country, not only will you have a chance to play in the largest conference where every single weekend spotlight is right on you, directed right in your face. That to me is such a selling point on what you do to Zane in the future. That is why it was so important to get this number one class because of you're going to have players like Nolan who probably get to play year one. And then you're going to have players like Le'Veon Moss who probably will see very little action like LJ Johnson did this this past year. And then in a year from now, oh my God, watch him explore into the field. Guys like Chris Marshall probably redshirted. And then maybe they have like a Moose Muhammad type year in 2023. You're going to have happen. And then Evan Stewart, who when he, he does, and we'll talk about that. I've got some inside uh, sources on that one. When he signs, he can maybe next to Mondemus. He can next maybe become Mondemus once. He can at least push Moose Muhammad to become that number one wide receiver. You're adding in so much depth at certain positions, and you're adding in stability at positions that you really need. Jimbo Fisher talked about this at the press conference yesterday that we were at. He said that it was really important for them to not only get the right players, but get quality depth behind them. Because the only way that your team is going to be great is if you walk into practice every week and go, if I do not... If I do not come out there, not not the team, myself, come out there and perform to my best ability, I'm not starting tomorrow. And I like having to start and roll. I don't like sitting on the sideline. I got to get involved. They added in, I think, a grand total of 11 total linemen. Uh, it was like five, six defensively, yeah, five offensively, if you include interior and defensive edge rushers. So this is, again, a team that is being built in the trenches. A&M is returning right now three starters on the offensive line. But Bryce Foster, Layden Robinson, and Ruben Fothery, I would not be shocked to see uh, potentially one of these guys maybe step in, maybe Mark Nobu go ahead and battle it out for the uh, right, uh, the uh, left guard spot. You know where Kenyon Green plays. I think that at the t- position you are going to be set uh, right. Probably uh, you would go with Ruben Fothery, and then maybe you'd go Trey Zahn at right tackle. Uh, Cam Dewberry, the kid from Atascadero, where. Jimbo Fisher found Kenyon Green and actually saw him be playing tackle. They could be an immediate day one contributor as well. So maybe he slides in at right tackle. Maybe you play him at guard. I don't really know what you want to do with him, but he's very similar to Kenyon Green. So not only are you getting great starting depth like you did this past year at positions of need, which will be stability at the left tackle position, which I just think personally will be fathery. And if it's not, it's probably Zahn. You'll move them there, and then stability at the interior guard position. You add a depth behind uh, what will likely be Devon Aching leading the pack in 2021 as the lead running back. You added stability behind the wide receiver core, which is not a bad wide receiver core. It's just a very injured played wide receiver core. Chase Lane missing time. Caleb Chapman missing time. Devon Demas missing time. It's very plagued with injuries. Hezekiah Jones barely even played this year because of he was out the entire season with another lingering injury. Add all that together. Add all that into the conversation. What does that do for you? It allows you to have playing time. And more importantly, it allows you to have stability at positions to where you need to be successful. A quarterback, whoever it is, Haynes King, Connor Wangman. There's another name that we're going to talk about in a minute. 
any one of them, you now have protection. You now have great wide receivers. You now have a five-man tool running back system. And A&M is going to try to run a lot more 12-man personnel. They added two great tight ends in Donovan Green and Jake Johnson from uh, Georgia, the son of Brad Johnson, former Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers starting quarterback who won a Super Bowl. Out of those names now allows them to run a 12-man personnel, whether Baylor Cup is the starter, whether you go ahead and uh, you get back the likes of Jalen Weidemeyer, whether Blake Smith you go ahead and play a little bit more, you know, whatever you do with that system. The fact that you have those players, the fact that you have all that depth allows you to utilize your offense in so many different ways. And the defense is also really returning most of its years. I mean, you're going to lose to Marvin Leal. You're probably, I mean, you're losing Jaden Peavy. You're going to lose Michael Clemens because if you have to, but Tyree Johnson still is expected to be back. You have quality depth behind those players. I don't know what you're going to do with Andre White, but you have Edron Cooper. He's there to take over for Aaron Hansford. And you're not really losing anybody in the secondary besides Leon O'Neal. And all you really have to do is play Antonio Johnson in his spot, or you can keep Antonio in the nickel, bring in another safety. It's that simple. It can work that easily. The way that I look at this roster, the way that I look at this team, the way that this was really well built and put together on all areas where they addressed every single positional need with potentially a starter and also a quality depth piece behind them, that, my friends, that is how you win football games. That is how you dominate. That is how you recruit. That is why Jimbo Fisher deserves a round of applause heading into the weekend. This episode of Lock on Aggies is brought to you by NetSuite. This is it. This win the tournament. One putt to sink it, but... Unfortunately, your putter is a little astray. Uh, you know, your eyes kind of roll over your head and you completely miss the shot. Thus, any chance that you have of potentially building a successful chance to have a great season. What I say is that NetSuite does the exact same thing. It is the number one cloud financial system that helps you power your growth with visibility and control to get all your financial needs. Over 27,000 businesses already have used NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering you and your business a once-in-a-lifetime type deal all you have to do, sorry about that, is go ahead and add in at netsuite.com slash lock on NCAA, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-C-A-A to get all the financing that you need right up front and upgrade your system. Head on over to netsuite.com slash NCAA to get your special end of the year financing on financial growth, netsuite.com slash NCAA. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube.com, and of course the Locked on Pod. Make sure you check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, local experts, betting advice, and much, much more. All you got to do is use the most comprehensive college football playoff program preview that begins this upcoming Friday. So I did mention a couple things. Let's go ahead and break down some of them. First off, uh, the transfer portal quarterback thing. So we know for a fact that Texas A&M is adding a transfer quarterback. That's a done deal. Like, we don't know who it is yet. I have been told it is going to be Max Johnson in the running. The big selling point was Jake Johnson, his brother, the tight end that they added, wants to play with Max. That's why he initially committed to LSU. It's Texas A&M. Max Johnson, he's going to win the starting job. It'll be a really fun competition. Connor Wangman's coming in. Jimbo Fisher had nothing but high praise for this kid. I mean, and, and we're going to break down that down in a minute. But Haynes King is coming back. Uh, Haynes is not going to play in the bowl game. I don't know if anyone told you that he was. Uh, it will be Blake Bowe starting. And um, I got a comment on YouTube, so I just want to call this out. I don't know where you heard Zach Calzada had surgery on his non-throwing shoulder after LSU. He didn't. 
he didn't go ahead and listen to the press conference from Jimbo Fisher. Uh, he says he didn't have it. So thank you for trying to say that I don't know what I'm talking about when I clearly actually am more involved than you. But back to the main point of the conversation. The fact of the matter is that if you add in Max Johnson, that's likely going to be your quote-unquote QB1 going into the offseason. You don't know what you have with Haynes King. You know what you have with Johnson. His last throw ever as an LSU Tiger was against Texas A&M to Jare Jenkins for the 28-yard touchdown, which was remaining to get the upset win. And he wants to go ahead and play with his brother. He has starting experience, 14 games, 18 total games since coming out of, I think it's, I think he was from Florida. I know his brother was somewhere in Georgia, but I think he's from Florida, at least his high school. But when he came out, he's playing 18 games. He has 37 touchdown passes against seven interceptions. So he's done a good job. He's done a very good job of mitigating and playing in an SEC system. I honestly think also Nick's, I mean, uh, Jimbo Fisher and Daryl Dickey's system is going to work a little bit cleaner than what you would see at, at Orgeronson. Remember, he was working with Steve Esminger for last season. That did not go, you know, go over well. The uh, new offensive coordinator, the young guy, I forget his name, he was very inconsistent uh, with his play calling, and they try to run the ball a little bit more. The good news is, is that when you look at the system that AM is trying to do, they would love to run the football, and they have four really good running backs now, in my opinion, with Le'Veon Moss being the number four, Amari Daniels, uh, L.J. Johnson, and now Devon Chain being your go-to number one back in next year's, you know, next year's system. They have a four-man front that you can actually utilize as much as possible to where if you do not trust Johnson throwing the football and you don't think that Haynes is ready or you don't think that Connor Wingman's ready, then at that point, I think that you're in a really good spot. Now, let's actually talk about Connor Wingman because of the one guy that Jimbo Fisher was salivating over was Connor Reinman. And it's because he was a dual sport athlete. It was because of his ties at Bridgeland. He's going to be playing baseball for the Aggie baseball team. And one thing that Fisher did say was part of the reason that he went after several of these guys was because they were multi-sport athletes. And it's not because they're going to be multi-sport athletes in college. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. That's not really up to him. What the reasoning behind it was is you want to go ahead and get somebody who understands a different sport, who understands how sometimes one throw, one race, one pitch, one shot, any of that is the difference about you playing or sitting on the bench. It's a difference about you actually competing and moving forward or you going home, especially when it comes to track guys. You know, a guy who is in the shot put, a guy like Bryce Foster, if he misses one bad shot put, He's done. His day's over. He's not doing it anymore. So he understands that every single block has to be perfect. He understands that every single throw has to be on point. His direction, his turn, his vault, his launch has to be perfect. And if it's not, he's done. Exact same thing with footwork, exact same thing with pass protection, exact same thing with run blocking, exact same thing when it comes to closing the gap. Those are all things that Jimbo Fisher is looking for. And Wangman, the thing that he loves about it was he was able to elevate his talent. The one thing he talked about a lot was Bridgeland High School have a lot of D1 commits. And I don't know, I didn't look up Bridgeland's uh, not, uh, you know, signing day yesterday. I know that Connor Wangman is going to, uh, going to a D1 school and there's a cornerback, if I'm not mistaken, going to the University of Houston. But I think that's it. I, I honestly think that that's where the line draws. They're done afterwards. They're not ready to play. Like, they're not going to go anywhere else. That's where they, you know, that's who is going to D1 schools. And Bridgeland was a good team. Bridgeland last year went undefeated. This past season, I think they went like 8-2 uh, and two or something like that. And Wangman was the reason why. He was able to elevate the status of the team. And the one thing that Jimbo Fisher really loved talking about was he has the IQ. He loves talking football. He loves breaking down film. 
He is he elevates his team and he makes them better than what they are. So even though Jimbo Fisher, I think, is saying that he's not going to start the kid next year, it's about building that trust in the locker room, getting him ready, getting him geared up, and then eventually, when it does come time for him to start, he's going to have immense experience. Now, again, Haynes King right now, I bet you will probably be the go-to confidant, you know, de facto starter until further notice, but it's very clear that when Quinn Ayers went into the transfer portal, you know, you know they asked him about this. Why not go after Quinn? Why not go after Quinn? It was because they truly loved what they had in, Con- um, in Connor. They thought that Connor was the most superior quarterback, and they personally believed that he was the best quarterback in the state, not in the state, in the country, and that they landed their guy for the future, their long-term future to build stability out of position. My only concern, if he's really good at baseball, I mean, if he's dominant at baseball, is he going to go in the MLB draft? If that's the case, sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. I'll never forget when Cole Stewart from St. Pius High School was expected to go to Texas A&M and be a pitcher and the quarterback, and he got drafted number four overall, and he said deuces after signing day. So it's a risk you take, it's a risk you have, but you know he is going to be enrolled early, so he's not for Brisbane this year, which to me probably means he not get drafted. But you know you never know what happens. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Boost Mobile. You can listen to your podcast on your phone. Why not go ahead and use it for Boost Mobile where you can listen to anything on your phone? Because it's the power of saving money. Because of Boost, you will be able to use up to 5G phones and get the latest episodes of this podcast and any other single podcast that you have. It's the power of three unlimited data plans for 30 bucks a month. And you can go ahead and get them per line. All with the brain power too, the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So you have the power of 5G speed. With all that money you save, you'll be able to get the knowledge to gain up on so much more things like what to do when it comes to betting this upcoming offseason. So that way you win some extra cash this holiday season. Go ahead and use the power. Go visit BoostMobile.com today. Disclaimer, free phone is limited to new customers, one per line. Additional restrictions may apply. Offering coverages may not be available everywhere for all phones. Networks save BoostMobile.com for more details. This episode of Lockdown Aggies is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Get the best bets, wagers, odds, and much, much more with the holiday season right around the corner so you can get an extra little bit of cash in your pocket to spend on your family this upcoming holiday season. From everything from boxing, NHL, NBA, UFC, college football playoff, NFL playoffs, and much, much more, go ahead and visit BetOnline.ag. Code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 50% off your very first purchase. Locked on for 50% off at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Locked on AIEs presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, wagers, odds, and much, much more when you visit the Locked On Bets podcast presented by betonline.ag. So, Evan Stewart is probably the big name now that people want to talk about. I'm sure we'll do a little bit more tomorrow on the on another show. But Evan Stewart, let's close out with this. What I've heard is that he is having second thoughts at Texas A&M. Now, that does not mean that he is going anywhere else. It just means he may wait to commit a little bit later. He's not going to decommit for the program. He's just listening to other offers. And the reality is that this is going to happen a lot, I think, in the future. I think you're going to say that you get a premier player and then last second, you watch somebody walk up with an NIL deal and say, we will pay you this amount of money to come to our school. And then when that happens, even though you committed to one program, you'll wait it, you'll think it through. You'll basically say, this school gave me this. What are you going to give me? And if you get that in return, well, there you go. 
What I'm hearing is, is that Texas is going to be the school in play for Evan Stewart. Now, that does not mean that Texas is going to be ending up getting him, but that is the ploy. They would like to get a number two wide receiver to pair with Xavier Worthy and give a number two option to give to Quinn Ayers or Malik Murphy, likely Ayers, but whoever gets the starting job in 2022. They want to contend right away. Steve Sarkeesian last year went five and seven. They have a roster that's going to finish top five in recruiting. They were able to go ahead and bolster its offensive line with six, you know, with six different players. And the reason why is because of NIL. The Horns for Hearts Pancake Factory is giving $50,000 to each offensive lineman just for signing on the dotted line. You're getting something along the same lines of that with another NIL deal. I forgot what the name of the booster company is off the top of my head. But they're probably going after Evan Stewart to do the same thing. They want to be able to have a dynamic passing attack for Ayers. They want to be able to have a good offensive line for Ayers because, again, you got to remember, Ayers is a transfer. Even though he is still technically a freshman, and because if he was redshirted, he would have four years of eligibility, that's not the case. You got to remember that in college football, all you have to do is play for three years. You have to be there for three years before you can transfer. You see a lot of redshirt sophomores now going into the NFL draft because of they played for two years, they redshirted their first year, they started their second year as a freshman, and then eventually they became a superstar. So once they're in the program for three years, if they're talented enough, they will go to the NFL. It's no longer you have to play for three years. It's be there for three years. So Connor Wangman, I mean, um, Quinn Ayers probably only has two years if he's as talented and as advertised because of the fact he reclassified last offseason. Evan Stewart would provide a one-two combination with Xavier Worthy, who was Big 12 Freshman of the Year and looks to be an absolute stud at the wide receiver spot. Ultimately, I do think he still ends up at Texas A&M. It'd be really nice to see him pair with Damon Demas and, uh, and uh, Moose Muhammad, who I do believe are going to be that one-two combination for whoever is playing quarterback next season for A&M. I feel like that you can probably throw Chase Lang into the mix. Maybe his role is a little bit diminished. Caleb Chapman, probably his role is more of just a vertical threat. I don't really know what else you make of several other players. If they transfer or if they stay with the program, what you want to do with that. Maybe Jalen Preston, you know, look at him as like that third down guy. But overall, you look at Texas A&M, you look at what they want, they need to go ahead and add one more of those possessional receivers for the long term. Because, again, you look at a guy like Moose Muhammad, who could eventually go to the NFL next year, or Demon Demas, if he has an absolute stellar season, he can go to the NFL next year because they would have been in the program for three years now. So, ultimately, I do think that A&M does get the commit of Evan Stewart. Maybe by the time that this posts on YouTube and by the time it posts on uh, iTunes, he's already committed. But as of this time, what I'm hearing is, He's basically wearing out his options, still command to Texas A&M, but there could be a switch at the very last second. He has 72 hours. If not, he'll have to wait until February. That could be a big, big storyline to follow. But as of right now, he is still commanded to Texas A&M. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, let's break down my favorite moves, my least favorite moves, a player that I hope Texas A&M still can land, and of course, giving out some relatives for the 2022 recruiting class. See you tomorrow, and remember, you give me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.